but this is a great group. I think we have the core here to win quickly. I'm not about building. I'm about reloading. And uh, with that, I can't say how, again, how excited I am to be a Tampa Bay Buck. Hey, Evan, guess what? Bruce Arians is the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if you'd heard, but... Um, nah, nah, is that confirmed? Oh, yeah. I mean... You sure? Oh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta see a press conference. Oh, yeah. First. I gotta see a press conference. At his press conference today. Did he? Signed yesterday, officially, pen to paper. No, are you sure he signed the contract, though? Oh, yeah. It's happening. I'll believe when I see it. Oh, yeah. wait. Oh, oh, it just popped up. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Cannon Fire Podcast for our first official episode of 2019. It feels like we've been longer. Uh, it feels like we've been away longer than we should have been. And, uh, I mean, the holidays passed us by. New Year's passed us by. A new head coach hiring passed us by. And the reason we didn't get anything out to you sooner is we just wanted to make sure that we had all the details, all the juicy bits that you wanted to make sure we could go over it, get our information correct, and keep you informed. But welcome back to the show. We are here today on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, and now Spotify. So a lot of big things happening over the new year. If you're new around here, I am your host, the Bias Buck fan, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And Evan, like I said, there has been a lot happening with this Buccaneers organization. How are you feeling about it all? It's a fresh start. I, I they got the right guy. I mean, first impressions, first impressions make a big difference, and I think they they got the guy. Um, it, it, if Bruce, if Bruce Arians can't turn around James Winston, guess what? Nobody can. So yeah, I mean, we'll get into that in a minute. But we had said before, even on this show, weeks ago. The dream situation is Bruce Arians. And I, I even remember saying myself, I know it's kind of unlikely, but a dream, perfect situation is a guy like Bruce Arians in Tampa. Didn't think it was going to happen. Slowly but surely, signs started to point towards it happening, and here we are. Brings on defensive coordinator Todd Bowles. And Byron Leftwich is going to be calling plays as the acting offensive coordinator. So these are all let me ask you. Let me ask you a question first, okay, because this is this is something that um, without with one happening, the other wouldn't be possible. Who's your? I know you got you got to ignore. I know it's gonna be tough because you know the year they had, but you got to ignore the personnel stuff. Who'd you rather have as a head coach, John Gruden or Bruce Arians? Be honest. Well, if, mean, if John if John Gruden came with no personnel stuff, just coach coaching personality, it's close. It's close, and, and let me tell you what the uh, what the deal breaker is going to be for me here when comparing the two of them is, is it's going to be age, and you and I are both very very excited about Bruce Arians here in Tampa Bay, and we've talked about it time and time again. But a very real concern is his health. Now, before mm-hmm. the Bucks had signed, I'm hurt. I'm hearing that they had him basically go through a health physical, make sure he was all good. 
He came back with all positive results. Nothing's going on with him. He shouldn't die on the sideline. But he still is 66 years old. Active coach in the uh, the oldest active coach in the NFL, Pete Carroll at 67. He just signed a contract to keep him in Seattle till he's 70. I don't know. Between you and me, I don't feel like he's going to sign an extension once he's 70. Who knows? I think the oldest NFL coach of all time was like 71 or 72 when he retired, so who knows? But Bruce Arians, I think he's a good guy to come in here, change the culture, and lay the groundwork for what will hopefully be, as I said before, a new culture here in Tampa Bay. No more excuses. No more losing. <laughs> We're not going to win a Super Bowl. It's a good way to put it. We're not going to win a Super Bowl next year, but we need to win. And we need to win now. And I think with, that's with what that, he that made guy, clear. Huh? I think that guy that guy being the head coach gives him the best shot. Let me tell you about this today. So let's go over <clears throat> this press conference he had. We are just a couple hours out. He had his press conference today. And, and today, by the way, if you're listening, it is Thursday, January 10th. So if you were listening and it is not Thursday, January 10th, um, just know that's what day it was when we recorded this. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So he wrapped up his press conference, and uh, he laid a lot out on the table, and he said a lot of things that I really like to hear, and I wanted to break some of those things down. Um, you know, first and foremost is is he's here to win now. You heard the uh, <coughs> heard the audio clip that played at the beginning of the show. He's excited to be a buck, and he's not here to build. He's here to reload and win now, and that's mm -hmm. what this team needs. It really is. The core is there. The talent's there. We've said it time and time again. We've said it year after year. So now we're going to put it to the test. Bucks went out, made the best head coach hire they could have out of all the options realistically. Easily, yeah. So let's see if he can come in here and do some work. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Excited? I mean, yeah, you, you, you said realistically. Um, yeah, as if, uh, if Bill Belichick was available, then I would say they made the wrong choice, but... <laughs> Um, he's not, so. Right. And uh, another thing I wanted to point out, too, kind of piggybacking <clears throat> of what I had just said, I am not a very big fan of Colin Cowherd. Um, I actually purposely choose not to listen to his material because I just don't like him. I, I don't like him. Maybe it's an on-air character. Maybe he's always the snobby prick, but I, I don't <laughs> like him. But he did. Calling out people now, okay. Uh, he's not going to listen. Going to get us in trouble. He's not going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> but I think he said it best when it came to this situation. Everybody in the NFL right now with a head coach opening is looking for the next Sean McVay. They're looking for the exception. They're looking for a younger coach, someone who's proven to be maybe a little out of the box, but someone who can make things work especially with a younger team you got a younger coach you can connect with a younger team yada 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 longevity this and that but cowherd basically said the buccaneers hired a grown ass man <laughs> and at 66 years old it's really hard to dispute but bruce arians is a grown ass man and you know what he is something we haven't had in tampa in a while he's a proven winner mm -hmm. two time super bowl champion two time coach of the year I mean, Lovey Smith was, but it was Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. A I, Arians has won more recently than Lovey Smith did. And I feel like Bruce Arians, nothing against Lovey Smith. I have no idea what the <coughs> politics of the coaching in the NFL is like. But I feel like a name like Bruce Arians 
just carries a little bit more respect around the league. When you say oh, Bruce yeah. Arians, people listen. And we saw I mean, in the people, press conference today, this is a guy who knows how to command. Yeah. He, uh, he knows mean, how to command a room. Yeah, they love Lovey Smith, right? I mean, he had respect around the league. He's, he was in the league for a long time. He, he went to the Super Bowl. Um, he, I mean, he, the dude got ten and, went 10 and 6 and got fired from the Bears, you know? Right. I mean. What else can you ask for at that point? Yeah, you know. I mean, but kudos to the Bears. They saw it coming. I mean, the Bucks didn't, but they saw it coming. And, yeah, kudos to them. Kudos to, to those guys. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, though, Bruce Arians, he walks into the room. You know he's there. Um, right. He's he's, he's, he's there. Um, yeah, like you, like you said, two Super Bowls. He, he's, got, he's got the track record that you want, uh, the one that you need. And just an overall, just 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 fantastic. Um, the the perfect fit. I think he's actually a better fit for what this team does than what John Gruden would have would have uh, yeah. brought. And uh, another notable thing about Bruce Arians as well, something that we hadn't talked about, but maybe a couple of sentences on the show here before, is he's played a hand in producing the careers of some of the NFL's elite passers right now. Andrew Luck. Ben Roethlisberger, he was Peyton Manning's first quarterbacks coach. I mean, this is a guy who knows how to build a relationship with a quarterback and hopefully make them take that next step. And as you said at the beginning of the show, the way that I look at it next season is if Jameis Winston goes out next season and throws more interceptions and touchdowns because Bruce Arians couldn't find a way to fix it, I don't know how much I'm going to blame Bruce Arians at that point. (laughs) And let me also say here, I'm fairly confident that Jameis Winston can find a way to turn it around next year. And Jameis Winston, these guys can right the ship. Jameis can take that next step. Buccaneers can be the team that we wanted to see week one and two of last season. So he's got away with quarterbacks. Yeah, well, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning. You see the names that he's worked with and... It's a long list. It's a lucrative list. Um, like I said, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, but if you guys watch the uh, uh, Bruce Arians of Football Life, the documentary that NFL Network does. Yeah, I was I, I was going to say, if you haven't seen that and you want to get caught up and, and familiarize with Bruce Arians, you better go give that a watch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a good yeah. show. Well, they had their quarterback go, go down, right? They didn't have a quarterback for a season. Um, I believe this was at Mississippi State, I believe, something like that. Bruce Arians turned a kicker into all SEC quarterback. Right? <laughs> he was a kicker. He was a kicker. Under Bruce Arians, he became the all SEC quarterback. And um, I have uh, I have received a, a lot of of just messages and stuff that you know a lot of people think that this Bucks team is ready to roll. Um, I've received a lot. I've heard a lot. Um, that a lot of people think that, you know, this team is, is ready. I know a lot of Bucks fans are going to be like, oh, well, show me this and that, you know. And, and that's understandable, uh, 100% understandable, um, because this team, you know, this team was supposedly supposed to make the playoffs at least five times in the past decade, and it hasn't right. happened. So um, especially after the 2016 season when they and the, in the offseason they got to Sean Jackson, you were thinking, oh, man, they could go 11-5, 12-4, this stuff, and – Five and eleven, it was. I mean, last season was a bit of tempered expectations, but still, he expected a bit more than five wins. 
um, this season. I think expectations are going to be high. Um, I don't think skyrocketing high, but I think they're going to at least meet expectations. Um, but, I mean, if they get guys like Patrick Peterson, which we had talked about, um, which has been floated around uh, from a few guys on, on Twitter, uh, J.C. Cornell uh, from Draft Network, founder and CEO, great ties um, with with the whole situation, with, with Bruce and everything, like, he was on top of that stuff. Like you got to give that guy credit, you know. Um, he he did a great great job uh, the whole time, and he was on the Locked On Bucks podcast with uh, James Yarko, who's been on the show, and David Harrison. And yeah, he basically said that Bruce Arians. Now this don't get your hopes up, guys. This is just what Bruce Arians wants. It's not likely not going to be what he gets. Yeah, but do you remember Bruce, when we said the same thing about Bruce Arians becoming head coach, what, four or five weeks ago? Yeah, we well, don't get your hopes yeah. up. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying, you know, this is a bit more challenging, I think. Oh, without um, a doubt. You know, JC had floated out that, that Bruce Arians would like to bring on Patrick Peterson, the Arizona Cardinals cornerback who's still under contract, by the way, um, and Tyron Matthew who is a, so scheduled to be a free agent, but it sounds like Houston wants him back and he wants to be in Houston. So we'll see. Um, if they get one of those two guys, especially Patrick Peterson, I mean, the expectations and the predictions for this team are going to go through the roof. And to, I'm going to trust me that trust me when I tell you this, you, you might think, Oh man, those expectations, those players might be maybe thinking, Oh man, we're supposed to be good. So we're going to not do now under Bruce Arians. You're not going to, yeah, you're, oh, you're, yeah, you're not going to mess around. And no one way. of the biggest, one of the biggest things that stuck out with me, uh, it was a quote from his press today. It, it basically said, um, "If you're not going to play hard, you're not going to play here," and that's the mentality. I mean, we've already seen a couple of players kind of passive aggressively say at the end of the season, "Yeah, we had some guys that could have stepped up. We had some guys who could have not played weak football and helped this team out a little bit more." But you know what? Right now, the Buccaneers are in the process of phasing those guys out. Pretty sure one or two of them is already off the bucks and we've did or already off the books contract wise and, and we've already discussed that. But it's time for a culture change. Bruce Arians is gonna be the guy to do it. And uh I'm really, really excited. Now talking about bringing in guys like hypothetically Patrick Peterson or a Tyron Matthew that ties back into basically what you and I had agreed upon. Um, I don't know if we agreed 100%, but basically what I had said I wanted for this offseason is I want to bring in a veteran presence in that secondary that still has a good amount left in the tank. Tyron Matthew, he's a little bit younger for his position. He, he's still a great talent in Houston. Uh, Patrick Peterson, you know, these are guys who can come in and make a difference and hopefully set the tone for that younger secondary. Guys who can obviously play they're talented as we've said before Carlton Davis he's a starting caliber cornerback just got to fix some rookie mistakes but think about it this way when Bruce Arian signed with the Bucks, and he he kind of put out there on his uh on his personal Instagram did you read any of those comments uh no I did I saw it but I didn't read the comments long story short everything going on right now Arizona fans are pissed Oh uh, yeah, I, I have seen I've seen angry. a couple fan pages. Yeah, they're they're not too happy. I mean, <laughs> they're calling him is, like a snake and stuff. He is the Kevin Durant of the Arizona Cardinals right now. Is yeah. what's going on? And, and I don't know why. A, why are you so angry? 
bringing in a coaching staff who mostly worked around you in Arizona. Not only that, but could you imagine bringing in a Patrick Peterson or a Tyron Matthew? Well, I mean, especially Ben Matthew, because Peterson, 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 the Bucks would have to give up stuff. Right. So that wouldn't be as bad. So like, oh, the Cardinals are gonna be like, oh, we got draft picks or whatever, so we're fine. Yeah, if he goes out and signs Tyron Matthew, that would be, <laughs> yeah, Listen, that'd, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> let me let me honestly tell you this: I did not ever think that I was gonna have an issue with Arizona Cardinals fans. That's like the last fan base that I thought was gonna give us an issue for any reason whatsoever, because you know how there's certain uh, certain fan bases that may or may not be named. Um, like the defending Super Bowl champions, who just like to start things for no reason. And, well, just... and I'm going to say it right now, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, oh. Their fan base is freaking awful. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. But there's yeah, there's a few fan bases. The Browns, pretty cool. Um, I, I like the Browns. Although, I want the I Browns like, to win. I feel like they're sort of getting in it over their heads a little bit here. Um, dude, let, let them have it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. I'm just saying. I don't know, dude. Um, the Chargers remember, are okay. Raiders are over- you remember how in over our heads we were heading into Pittsburgh week three? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't. I, I, so, I sort of had a feeling. Just because, you know, it's the Bucks. It's a prime time game. Well, of but, course you uh, did. Under, but... Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, according to some, according to some on Instagram, I'm, I'm way too negative. So, uh, and I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even be don't in the even, position I'm in. So Don't even, don't even let them get you down, buddy. Listen, uh, you're no, just... Try, try. Trust me, uh, based, you... <laughs> no. I'm still, if I think the Bucks are going to lose, I'm I, I, going to predict them to lose. That ain't going to change. You you were just a realist. And, and listen, that's something that we try to maintain here on the show. It's fun to get hopeful about this team. Yeah. But when I, the Bucks are good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad. Bruce oh, Arians yeah. hire is good. Dirk Cutter was bad. It's, you know, we're not going to sit here and say, well, Dirk Cutter was actually pretty good. As, a, as an offensive coordinator, yeah, he did a good job. As, as a head coach, no. It's a totally different thing. As a head coach, you have to manage the whole football team, not just one side of the ball. Speaking of which, it's, it's kind of old news now, but if you hadn't heard, Dirk Cutter <laughs> did accept the job as the Atlanta Falcons offensive coordinator. Here so we that go, means, Todd Bowles. That means we are going to play him twice a year. And uh, I guarantee you that Atlanta offense is going to put up 500 yards a game with seven points on the uh, scoreboard. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, jumping back into the Bruce Arians press conference. Wait a today, minute. I want to go back. Oh. Let's rewind. Let's rewind a little bit. And I, I did want to – I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, 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 did, I did want to say um, – that yeah, Cutter. I'm not, I'm not trying to piss anybody off of this show. Well, the first, yeah, the first one good. back for the year. I don't want to start the year off with people hating us. <laughs> well, I think they already do, so that's not nothing. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I think Cutters. I don't know the situation fully in, in Atlanta. I know they had a lot of injuries this year, like a lot of injuries. Um, but I sort of think Cutter might be a one-stop shop in in Atlanta again because. They went what five and all, six and ten this year, right? Yeah. Um. I like I said, I know they had a ton of injuries, but we were we were basically playing for third place the last mm-hmm. game of the year. So yeah, they're one um, game ahead. But Dan Quinn, if if they don't win it, probably at least eight games next year, that roster is really talented. That is one of the most oh, yeah. talented rosters in the NFL, and they're stacked. Um, and they're getting a, a decent pick, number, pick number 14, to, to select another good player. Um, if Dan Quinn doesn't win at least eight games, there's a real possibility he could be fired and Cutter be looking for another job. So, I mean, I, I wish the best of the Dirk Cutter. Um, 
I mean, he's a good guy, you know. Yeah. Wish I the mean, best to him, but um, I, I do too. But it's a lot easier to wish the best for him when he doesn't end up getting a job in the division. Yeah. Well, I mean, James Winston could Baker Mayfield this thing if he wants. Yeah. Really. He could. The whole stare <laughs> down and everything. Yeah. 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 So I, exactly. I wanted to I wanted to throw something at you actually. I was I was curious about this, and I heard. I want to say I heard it from JC, but rumor has it that after Jameis was benched the first time, Cutter didn't want to start him for the rest of the year. Yeah, that that was from JC. That that was that. Yeah, that was uh, apparently. Um, yeah, Cutter wanted Fitzpatrick to to stay in, which tells you all you need to know. But also, before that draft, we um, uh, kind of heard. I kind of heard that Cutter, out of Jameis Winston and um, Marge Mariota, Cutter preferred Mariota. I don't Cutter liked that. Mariota more, more than Winston. I mean, um, we saw time and time again, and we heard small, subtle reports like this sneak out where maybe Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston don't have the greatest relationship in the world. And that's just something I kind of wanted to emphasize and make sure people knew about Dirk Cutter. These might not be 100% facts, but going off of things that have come out, my envision of his and Jameis' relationship was that it wasn't very good. And when you have a starting quarterback, especially the franchise, you know, number one pick in Jameis Winston, you want to have a good relationship with him. Uh-huh. Other end of the spectrum is Bruce Arians, a guy who's come in specializing on being a quarterback guru. He said in uh, a football life, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's on YouTube. He said in a football life, he said, uh, a bond with a quarterback has to be different than any other bond on that team because you just, you build that team around your quarterback and what they can bring to the table. He said Uh on Rich Eisen's show the other day that he's going to build this thing around Jameis. So, yeah, Dirk Cutter was a great offensive-minded coach. That offense was humming. But listen, dude, you cannot tell me that your franchise quarterback is going to go out there and play to the best of his abilities when he's got a head coach that didn't even want to put him back in the game. That's just the way that I look at it, though. And these are just rumors. These are not facts. But from everything coming out, I, I'm, just, I'm starting to believe and I'm starting to understand a little bit more why Jameis Winston might have had the year that he had. And I'm not making excuses. The suspension... It's oh no yes, excuse. you are. Stop it. You're, yeah, you you are the number one. I'm just kidding. Around. I'm just a, I'm just a huge Jameis Mark is what it is. Yeah, um, you you're you're his agent. Oh my god, you would think right. And let me no, let me clarify. I'm not sitting here and making excuses for the things that he does wrong. The interceptions, the fumbles, the turnovers, whatever you want to call it, the off the field issues that's off, inexcusable. Yeah, yeah. But listen, when you want to boost team morale, you got to get behind your quarterback, man. You can't do that by not wanting to play him. That's just as simple as that. <laughs> I think the situation wasn't as black and white as, as people like to believe it was. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would agree. And I mean, the situation between Jason Light and Dirk Cutter wasn't even good. Like, right. Yeah. The, the, and honestly, Cutter as a head coach, I don't even think was was that. I, I, I said bad, but I shouldn't have said that. Um the the problem with him was the staff that he put in place. It was not a very good staff. Um, Mike Smith downfall. 
Mike, they should have, the Glazers should have, one of the Glazers' biggest mistakes was giving Mike Smith more money so he wouldn't leave for that Jaguars job. And after the 2016 season, he, he was he was one of the finalists to be the head coach of the Jaguars. And, yeah, he was coming back. If he took that, that was, job, I guarantee you Saxonville wouldn't even be a thing. Probably not. Um, but, I mean, yeah, there was some good ones, you know, Mark Doffner was a good one. Um, ben Ben Steele, tight end coach, was a good one. Skylar Fulton was a good one. Uh, but but I mean, Todd Munkin obviously was a pretty good one. Uh, Todd Munkin's look getting getting looks at head coaching jobs and at o- OC jobs. I think he's going to end up with an OC job. He's interviewed with the Browns and he's interviewed with the Jaguars. So the um, they actually the interview never happened with Jacksonville that I read. No. Yeah, it, it like never happened because I was reading about the Browns one. I think this morning or yesterday. I want to say this morning, I was reading about the Browns thing, but he never actually interviewed with Jacksonville, which I found weird because he's he's bounced around and he hasn't heard a whole lot back uh, from some of the teams that he's met with. He met with the Jets and the Bears, right? No, he, well, no, he he met with the the Jets and the Packers for the head gotcha. coaching jobs. Okay, he met with he met with the Bengals for the head coaching jobs, but. Um, the Jets have hired Adam Gase, and it seemed that Todd Munkin was pretty much second place in that one. And the Packers have hired Matt LaFleur, who it seemed like Todd Munkin was pretty much second place in that one. And now it is appearing that the Bengals are going to hire Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor. Um, and uh, Munkin was, was interviewing there. So Munkin's not going to get a head coaching job this year. I bet big money that he's going to be um, a head coach net by net next offseason. He's going to be a head coach. Think it'll be a head coach? Head coach. Okay. I dig it. But hey man. All good um all good feelings here for Monk. Uh, I mean, you and I can both agree we want to see Todd Munkin do well. You want to see Dirt Cutter do well as well, but you know, Todd Munkin isn't looking for a job inside the division, so there's a little bit less animosity there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's something else I wanted to talk about when it came to Bruce Arians and his press conference today. One of the things that he said he wants to emphasize is making sure the younger guys get their reps. He told everybody, he said, when you come to One Buck Place right around springtime, we're doing OTAs, you're going to see two separate practices going on. One practice is going to be the guys that get 40 to 45 reps a week, and that are going to be starting on Sunday. The other practice is going to be the guys who don't get the same amount of reps. The way that he summed it up, you don't find a diamond in the rough by having them stand on the sideline. At Ronald Jones, exactly. He's he literally, with these guys he literally said, he literally said, you, you can't, you can't um, develop a player if he's only getting four reps or so. And I was like, wow, yeah. he must have known because that is right on the money. <laughs> yeah. Like that's almost like around the right on the number of snaps that Ronald Jones would get a game. <laughs> like that, that's a shot. Listen. The guy pays attention. He came in ready. He knew what to expect. So these younger guys, especially Ronald Jones, they're going to get a chance to step up. They're going to get their reps, and I think we're going to see a different side of Ronald Jones. We're going to see the second-round draft pick Ronald Jones this year. Is he going to rush for 1,200-plus yards? Probably not. Is he even going to be the starter? You don't know, really. Don't know. But he's going to get his reps, and he's going to get a chance to earn that starting spot, something that I really just don't think he had last year. Yeah. I mean, that's a spot. Running back is a spot I get a ton of questions about. I got a ton of questions. I think Um, it's probably, I don't want to say it's the biggest need, 
on offense, but it's definitely the biggest question no, yeah. mark. Well, uh, I, you, the biggest question mark, really? Yeah. I would say anywhere. I mean, the guard. Who's going to play guard? I mean, what, what are they going to do at tackle? You know what I mean? I think those are bigger questions. I mean, running back's definitely a question. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, I mean, this team is probably, I wouldn't even say, Donovan Smith is not as bad of a left tackle as you people think he he is. Um, he's, he's bad, though. He's not the, well. When he's good, know. he's good. When he's bad, he's really bad. Yeah, I mean, if anybody can get it out of him, it's Bruce Arians. Um, I still believe that if Jonah Williams is on the board at five, I think that the Bucks would take him. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, the, the Bucks are probably, if Donovan Smith can just be consistently decent and the Bucks can add a solid guard and a solid running back, to, think the you, Bucks. Can't, you can't tell me how to stop that offense. And let me ask you a question about the draft. So right now the Bucks are at number five you had brought up. Is there any realistic situation where you see the Bucks trading back? Yeah. I mean, I think they could trade back with Jacksonville. Jacksonville can maybe Seven, move up right? for a, yeah, Jacksonville can maybe move up for a quarterback. Um, because you know, with Kyler Murray declaring the for the draft, <clears throat> Kyler Murray's in there, Haskins is in there. Mm-hmm. That's it, pretty much. Um, but, but it's yeah. just kind of another wrench in you know teams that need a quarterback and someone that's desperate to try and grab one of those guys. And it's funny now mm-hmm. that um, God, I wish I, I wish I knew his name, but the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Kyler Murray. If I had the number one pick in the draft, I'd draft him in a heartbeat. Well, guess what, <laughs> Mr. Kingsbury? Isn't that crazy how things work? I can't believe he got a job. Yeah. I mean, I, I like him. I do. I think yeah, but how do you translate day, a losing record? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, I mean, one day, one day he should be a, a head coach, right? Uh, not Not today. Uh, but but one day, and I just think it's a bit too early. I think yeah, if he could have he stayed at USC for a year, then went to the NFL as the offensive coordinator, that would have worked. Um, I think it's just because he's rocking the same type of hairstyle as Sean McVay. That's really what teams are looking for is like that really weird flat top that, that guy. goes into the spike. You know? Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you 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 might be you might be onto something there. You might be onto something. We're phasing out of the uh, we're phasing out of the hats on the sidelines, the signature Lombardis or even the Bruce Arians, uh, whatever the hat's called. Kangle. Yeah. Yeah. We're phasing yeah. out of that. We're moving to <laughs> flat tops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So uh, moving on as well, and I, I think most of this episode is just going to be breaking down what we've learned about Bruce Arians so far since he's coming to Tampa today, his first day in the office, really making things happen. Had a press conference that we mentioned earlier. Something else I wanted to pull from there is uh, the way that he said he's going to make decisions. He said he's got a big staff. He said these guys are ready to make decisions, not individually, but as the Buccaneers. He's going to make Buccaneers decisions. He's going to figure out what's best for the Bucks, And he's going to make a decision from there. And honestly, let me not sit here and say that I agree with... Um, with Miko Grimes, but let me agree with her in, in saying that I think our last coaching staff, I think there was definitely some stubbornness in there. And I think there was oh, yeah. some independency where there shouldn't have been independence. Um, I agree. I think we'll see less of that. Time will tell, man. Yeah. Time will tell. Um, 
yeah, I do think they were a bit stubborn, especially with the Mike Smith stuff or whatever. Um, I mean, he should have been gone yeah. a little bit ago, right? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We will see, man. It's well, it's gonna come OTA time. Uh, you're gonna you you might see a, a whole different team. We'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. Be but, exciting. Uh, that's that, that's the thing too. Is my favorite but not favorite time of the year is here. And it's it's the beginning of the off season. You know, it's really not technically the off season yet. Some moves have been made, but literally we've hired a coach. And he, I mean you still have football on, so you still have football on. Still have the Super Bowl to look forward to. But guys, we're gonna have a lot of moving parts. Let's not forget that. Like you mm-hmm. said, come springtime, this could be an entirely different football team. Yeah. Well, I mean, we weren't even – if there wasn't a head coaching change, this is normally when we take our two, three, four-week mo- four break, you yeah. know? Four but months, Jesus. Four um, months, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done, okay? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hey, hey, I know some people who like to take the off season off. No hate, no hate. I know, I know some people that would like us to be done, but, you know, <laughs> we're, 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 never, we're never going away. Nope. Not yet. Still got to get there. But, yeah, like you said, normally around this time of the year, if there wasn't a coaching hire, this is where things start to slow down. But this is right where things start to speed up. You watch the rest of the postseason play out. You take in everything that the new head coach wants to imply. You figure out what he wants to do, which is what we were able to do a little bit today. And then things start happening. I'm excited. It's going to be a good offseason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I wanted to let's see here. Um, yeah, I want I wanted to pull up a pull up a little quote here from Arian's press conference, just a little wrap up, and then we can talk about um, some some of his staff that he's put in place. Yeah, I've got, um, we've got a list we can kind of run down and a little background <clears throat> on those guys. Um, Arian's this is from Greg Allman. Arian says he keeps a accountability sheet from practices, logging each penalty and mental error each day. And this is Arian's quote. If you're up there too much, you're either too dumb to play here or you don't give a S-H-I-T. Nice. I, I mean, so, realistically, um, it's the way it's got to be. you got to start holding guys accountable. Yeah. Uh, and then this is from Peter Report, um, proud partner of the page. Um Bucks HC, Bruce Arians, said they won't be a two-gap team, said we're going to attack on defense, which means basically you know, Todd Bowles is the defense coordinator. He likes to be aggressive, and he's basically saying that he is going to be pretty aggressive. Um, speaking of which, Todd Bowles... No risk it, no biscuit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, Todd Bowles is expected to be uh, have his press conference as the Buccaneers defensive coordinator for the first time. Uh, tomorrow at at 2 p.m. So looking forward to that. Um, it's definitely a good feeling around the around the building, and I've gotten the vibe that a lot of fans are stoked that they're getting another press conference because a lot of people are excited. Yeah, a lot of people are excited about this, and they that because they know that you know after you see Arians here, the next time that you see, um, the next time that you see Arians is going to be probably at the combine. Next time you see lights, going to be at the combine probably. Um, so. You won't be seeing much of them until February, and then some. Sometimes in March, and then April. So um, fans, they, they want to get as much as they can, and and they're they're happy to get uh, Todd Bowles. Not, I'm not sure if you're going to get Byron Leftwich at all. Um, we'll see. 
uh, it, I don't think it won't be tomorrow. But yeah, Todd Bowles definitely uh, having a press conference tomorrow. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Um, here's something I want to ask you about before we break down this staff because I've got the list in front of me. But this is something I saw floating around, and it's something that I really don't think we're going to get anything from. Uh, but Bruce Arians, when asked about I don't know if he was directly asked about uniforms or a jersey redesign, but he basically said when it comes to uniforms that he likes them flashy. Think we get new jerseys? No. No? No. You think we change anything? Think we use the color rush as our main jerseys? Maybe. That'd be the only thing I would think. Maybe, maybe a number change, but that's pretty much it. Screw it. Let's just take a chance. Let's throw the color rush on some white pants and call it a day. Telling you it's going to look sick. We've or, got those yeah. white pants. Just take the orange accent off of them. That's your new look. Shoo, excuse me. That's um, it. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, Steve, yeah. look, we're, we're, we're pretty polite on the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I don't see a uniform change. Uh, but, you know, screw it. Let's just go with pink uniforms. How about that? Um, you know, you know, everybody's complaining. People complain about the uniforms too much, man. I, mean, I think, I, I I think Bucks fans are just used to complaining. Guess, guess Let's be what? realistic. Guess what? If they could wear pink, for all I care, right? They could they could wear this this ugly shade of green. That for all I care, um, they could wear yellow. Whatever, I, I don't care. If if you're winning, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the uniform does not does not matter. Now I know a lot of a lot of fans want their team to look good while they're playing, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> If you're not if you're not winning, see, I think that the a lot of people don't like the cream circle uniforms, and a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't because they resemble they losing. Symbolize, kind of. yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They're a symbol of losing. You yes. look at them and you think zero and twenty six. And what was the first year? And people sort of hate the. What was the first year of the Bucks' new uniforms? What was that? Ninety seven. Yeah, they went mm-hmm. to the playoffs. Yeah, ninety six okay. or ninety seven. Yeah, and then a few years later, five years later or so, they won the Super Bowl in those uniforms. So everybody loves those uniforms. Everybody hates the new uniforms. What was the first year that they went in the new uniforms? Two and fourteen. So it's you losing has a big part of that. I'm telling you, if the Bucks start winning, people are gonna start complaining about the uniforms less and less. And here's the defense, and and here's why I think people are still complaining about the uniforms. And here's a reason why I'm still complaining about the uniforms. I don't hate the Bucks' new uniforms. To me, they're probably most similar to the Jacksonville jerseys that they had before the ones they had now, where they had the little accent on the shoulder, same thing going on, funny font. I don't, I don't mind them now, but when you look at the Super Bowl uniforms, you can't tell me that's not the most signature look you've ever seen. That's a uniform that the Buccaneers could have worn for 100 years like the Green Bay Packers have. Like, that was a signature NFL pro football team look. It was nasty, it they was nice. dirty, yeah. and it was clean. Like, yeah, it I'm, just, I'm... It, it was nice. It was. It was yeah. nothing like, like it. Like I said, I, my suggestion is if you're going to change them, change the numbers, get rid of the alarm clock numbers, and then get rid of the orange. If you yeah. do that, that's not a bad jersey. It's not. It's if you if you put just, just basic numbers, you get rid of the orange. That's that's good. You're you're good. I I don't see a problem. I don't know. I don't know. 
Maybe a couple <laughs> years down the line. Let's see what happens. Time will tell. But let's start to wrap this thing up. Let's catch everybody up to speed and give you an incomprehensive list of the current Buccaneers coaching staff as it stands. Now, there's probably going to be an asterisk next to a few of these names. As you said, not everything is 100% lined up the way it should be. you got a couple of guys floating around on the staff. Uh, but I'm going to go over what I have, and then I'm going to toss it to you. And we're just going to break them down one by one. Of course, we've talked about the entire show Head coach Bruce Arians, bringing a defensive coordinator, former New York Jets head coach Todd Bowles, and people concerned about Todd Bowles, same thing as Dirk Cutter. Great coordinator, not a great head coach. Very close to Bruce Arians, let's see what he can do here. Offensive coordinator, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Byron Leftwich. Really only played in the 2009 season, he wasn't a super memorable Buccaneer, but the fact that he's been here before makes me feel good. And uh, you want to know something else, too? Bruce Arians won a Super Bowl in Raymond James Stadium. Not as a head coach, but just something I think throw out there be a little interesting. Yep, he won it. That was the Santonio Holmes end zone corner catch. Yep. All righty, let's move again, on here. Against the Cardinals. It all came full circle for him. <laughs> he, was, he was coaching for the Steelers, playing against the Cardinals in the Buck Stadium. That's crazy, actually. Alrighty, moving on. Offensive line coach Sean Kugler, and now I had heard about this offensive line coach being probably one of the best in the league. He's coming from Denver, um, and from what I'm hearing, Evan, he's he's one of the top guys at his position. Yeah, um, he was a he was a wanted commodity around the NFL. Uh, a lot of teams wanted him, and Bruce Arians was able to recruit him to Tampa. So yeah, he's he's on board. Hopefully he can clean up some of the sloppiness we've seen from the offensive line because, you know, alongside some inexcusable plays here and there, I think what mostly brings this O-line down every once in a while is is the penalties and the sloppiness, and maybe he can come in here and clean that up. I have faith that he can hopefully clean that unit up a little bit. Moving on now, special teams coach Keith Armstrong. I don't know a whole lot about Keith Armstrong. Do you know much? He's with the Falcons for 11 seasons, so it's saying something. Okay, fantastic. Uh, linebacker coach Mike Caldwell. Um, don't know much. He's with the Eagles a little bit. Um, not not much else. I believe he was at the maybe the Steelers for a year or two. That's pretty much all I know about him. Okay. Uh, tight end coach Rick Christofel. Not a thing. He was <laughs> he was on he was on the Arian staff, I believe. He was he's the tight ends coach, by the way, guys. Yeah. He was on Arian staff in Arizona, I believe. So. Okay. Uh, defensive line coach Casey Rogers, which unfortunately means that um, Branson Buckner is not going to be coming back. And yeah, it, it's that surprised me a little bit, but I had heard some rumblings about that um, that Branson Buckner wouldn't be back. Um, so I mean, it sucks, but yep. Um, Casey Rogers was Todd Bowles' defensive coordinator in in New York, so he has he has experience. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see how that translates to the defensive line, but apparently he's another guy that's. Almost like the opposite of a head coach coordinator thing. He's a good uh, position coach, he's not a good coordinator. Gotcha. Moving on, we've got quarterback coach Clyde Christensen. Now, I had heard some not super great things about Clyde Christensen. Yeah, well, you've heard him because he was in Tampa before. Um, he was Tony Dungy's quarterback's coach and then Tony Dungy's offensive coordinator. And a lot of people say that he was the reason that Tony Dungy got fired. Well, it's not really, that's not confirmed, but a lot of people think that. 
uh, Clyde Christensen just was not getting the job done, and the offense wasn't producing enough, and that's why Tony Dungy got fired. Um, yeah, I mean, as a quarterback's coach, I think he's fine. I imagine okay. a positions coach, he'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, he'll be he'll be okay. Um, but, yeah, as, as a coordinator, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you so a guy that I'm really excited about. I'm going to tell you a little bit why I'm excited when, you get, when you're when you done the, the full staff there. Okay. So. I mean, I'm at the last name on the list, and the, uh, the last name that I've got actively for right now, and we have a couple more names to go over, uh, but run game coordinator Harold Goodwin. Don't know much about him either. Yeah, um, with Arians for forever. Um, was with Arians, I believe, 11 years, three different teams. Um, this is a veteran coaching staff, folks. This is a veteran coaching staff with a mix of young young coaches as well. And it's a, uh, Harold, go, go ahead. It's a pretty tight-knit group as well. Um, yeah, they know the each other well. Jokes was, uh, we're the Tampa Bay Cardinals now. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, I've heard things that Harold Goodwin could be named the assistant head coach. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me to, to hear that over the next few days. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to hear that at all. Um, yeah, pretty much it. He's, he's going to be helping out with the O-line a little bit. He's a former O-line coach, former offensive coordinator. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, there's still running backs coach to be filled, which it's already been filled, I'm sure, but we did, we have we haven't heard anything, so we can't say anything really. Yeah, no official um, team announcement just yet. Yeah, uh, running backs coach, wide receivers coach, and uh, probably a few more uh, people to go, possibly in the secondary linebackers, um, and uh, also secondary got Kevin Ross, um, who is I believe to just be the secondary coach, and then Nick Rapone who is believed to be the defensive backs coach. So uh, Brett, uh, Brett, Brett Maxey and John Hoke were the two guys there. I believe Maxey was, was defensive backs and Hoke was secondary, or it might have been another way around. Uh, but this time it'll be Ross and, and Rapone doing that. Um, but yeah, uh, one guy I'm excited about, though, is um, Byron Leftwich. And a lot of people, I think, are are sour on him because they look at that name and they go, oh, well, he wasn't a good quarterback at all. So that means he can't be a good coach. That That's false. <laughs> right? Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl last year. He was a career backup quarterback. Right? I mean, you don't have to be good at football to be a good coach. You, you have to be smart. Right? I mean, 20 and, years from now, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the next Bill Belichick. Ryan Fitz, yeah, I mean... I, I don't picture him getting into coaching, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but like a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, absolutely. Oh, yeah. um, you know, also, you know, a guy who I think is going to end up being a coach one day, and probably not in the NFL, but maybe in the college, Keith Sandy. Keith Sandy yeah. is is very a very smart guy, and he knows football. He loves coaching. Um, I think he could have interest if he, you know, yeah, I think he could really have interest in, in becoming a, a coach uh, of some sort, maybe a secondary coach or something like that. Yeah, um, definitely. Maybe eventually make his way to Tampa Bay in the year 2035 or something. You know? Yeah, really? Um, we'll see. But, After the uh, Bucks win four more Super Bowls. Mm, wow, that's that's wishful thinking. <laughs> um, considering they've won one in like 45 years. Uh, 
Uh, anyways, back. I, I know I'm being a negative Nancy, but whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, Byron Leftwich is, I believe, 38 years old, and Bruce Arians absolutely is raving about this guy. I mean, Bruce Arians oh, yeah. had brought Bruce Arians the year 2017, the year Bruce Arians after that season he retired. But training camp, he just brought Leftwich in to just watch, just watch training camp. And he was so impressed with Leftwich. He he hired Leftwich right off the bat. He offered him a job on a staff. And when these and, guys were these guys were coming in, and we had found out some of the names that were going to be coming with Coach Arians, you know, Todd Bowles being one, Byron Leftwich being the other, you would hit the nail right on the head. You're like, I've got a pretty strong feeling that he's going to groom Leftwich to kind of be the guy. Uh-huh. And he had mentioned something about that today at the press conference as well. He had said Byron Leftwich is – Starting to become a rising star, you know, for his position uh, in a coaching position and things like that. So maybe something we could see. I think so. I really do. I think that there had to be a plan in place for for Arians to come here. Oh yeah. I think he he's probably going to be here for I would say probably three years or so, um, and then I think he's probably done, um, which is fine. But I think yeah, I think they're going to groom left which. And if if Bowles walks to be a head coach, he walks to be a head coach somewhere. That means that the Bucks are having success on defense, you know. Um, but I don't think Bowles is the guy. I think the way Arians has talked about Leftwich, he's only thirty eight years old, which means that you know if Arians would last you know three years or whatever, he still be a pretty young coach, be like forty one, forty two or so. Um, yeah. So Long yeah, I think I think he I think he could end up being the guy. Yeah. Well, I'm excited, Evan. You should be excited. Everyone listening, we should all be excited. It's a very exciting time right now in Tampa Bay. Things going on in one buck place. And um, the pieces coming together for the 2019 season. Coming into last year, right around this time, we had talked about you know another coaching hunt, trying to make the right hire, how close we were to getting Gruden, and then we were stuck with cutter i'm not gonna lie i was excited coming into last season but i definitely felt like there was something holding me back from being pumped but let me tell you that we're not even a couple of weeks into this thing and i'm pumped evan i believe you're pumped and like i said everyone listening you should be pumped as well things are gonna change and they're gonna change soon but ladies and gentlemen that's just about gonna do it for this episode of the cannon fire podcast Thank you so much for listening, whether it's on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating wherever you can. It helps us out. It costs nothing for you. You can follow the show on social media, Cannon Fire Podcast. Twitter is going to be Cannon Fire Pod, but we are Cannon Fire Podcast everywhere else. You can follow my co-host Evan at Bucks Way, formerly Bucks Football, on Instagram and Twitter. Check out our partners at PewterReport.com for some of the best Bucks coverage in the game. Make sure you check out our sponsors at CoolTowel.com. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and until next time, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.